Hey, this is Maggie Carr from Maggie vs. Evil Dead. You can look it up on YouTube. And God have mercy on your soul because you're about to listen to Sean on Horribly Awkward Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Sissy Jones from Firewatch. I'm Delilah. I hate to tell you guys, but the rumors are not true. Sean is not horribly awkward. You've all been terribly misled. Hey, y'all, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel on The Walking Dead. And soon is Psycho Head, Rob Zombie's new movie, soon to be released, 31. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. Keep tuning in. Follow me. Hey, this is Dragonfly from Pure Gasmic Love. And you are listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's time to get awkward. Today's episode... It's brought to you by... Brought to you by Sprigio.com, S-P-R-I-G-E-O, Sprigio.com out of Los Angeles. No, actually, I'm not Los Angeles. Um, You're messing it all Spr- up, man. This is a... Fuck. What's going on here, dude? Fuck. All right. All right. I'm ready for it. Okay. Uh, this episode of the Horribly Awkward Podcast is brought to you by Jackins. Wasn't it called Jackins? What was the thing you told me about? Oh, Jackery. Jackery, this this episode of Horribly Awkward Podcast is brought to you by Jackery. I did not mess that up eight times, but yeah, I got I got David, Doctor David Peridin, Perodin, Peridin, Perodin, Perodin, yep. Doctor David Peridin. Wait, Perodin, Perodin. Yep. I got Doctor David Peridin on today's podcast, PhD, and he's here. You're looking at me. For, oh, Perodin, Perodin. Got it. Okay. Dr. David Peridin on today's podcast, and we're talking safety, and we're talking about his night escapades as a jogger, what may happen if you don't wear a really cool outfit. Don't get it home-stitched by your wife, because you might get stopped by the cops. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. And also, uh, Sprigio.com, S-P-R-I-G-E-O, Sprigio.com, out of Santa Barbara, California, the nation's leader in bullying, harassment, and threat reporting software for schools across the nation, Sprigio.com. Yeah, so expect some stuff like that. I got some hard-hitting questions for David. We're going to answer them later. Some might be a little bit awkward. Thanks, guys, who left the questions. Enter the podcast. Hey, Normie, give us a horribly awkward. 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 Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't do that. It's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the 118th, the 118th episode of Horribly Awkward. I am Sean Fuller, as always. You guys probably know me, but that's not even important. I am just the vessel. I am just the tool to get to other cooler people, like my guest today, and other guests you guys have heard. I'm just the, I'm the clown idiot. I'm the clown tool. All right, guys, you guys can use me to get to these other much more interesting, cooler, and uh, just professionally more awesome people. That's totally true. So on today's episode, I have a, um, possibly a doctor. I don't know what kind of doctor. He's a doctor of something. Um, I'm trying to, he's either a doctor, like, he either makes beats, like Dr. Dre, he, um, he's either, like, a doctor that carries around that little thing, they tap on your knee, and and then you hope, you know, 
the doctor hopes that he doesn't get kicked in the balls because of that little thing with the <laughs> reflex on the knee. Um, he he might be the like, the doctor of shoals. Um, you know what? We're gonna get to that. We're gonna learn all about this guy. So everybody from he's also a podcaster. So from the Safety Doc podcast, Doctor. David Perodin, Perodin, Perodin. You got it, Sean. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Doctor David Perodin. Yeah. We'll put it in like massive applause over the top of that. Yeah. PhD. So, PhD. And the fact that this occurs during a government shutdown. I mean, people were asking, "Is this podcast going to continue?" I'm like, "Yes, the government shutdown." has an exclusionary factor where the podcast continues. As so. the power goes out right now. We luck out. we luck out. We luck out. Yeah, the stoplights went out in my hometown today, which was interesting because it's like, you know, it's a flashing red and it's flashing yellow. So it's like, do I go? Do I not go? And then, like, you have to kind of eye up the people across the road. Like, are we okay <laughs> here, buddy? Like, if I pull out, you're not going to pull out and oh, smash yeah. my car and all of that. So, you know, I just... I had to kind of be assertive and be like, I'm going. Dude, David, going. Uh, it's weird because, okay, you live up up in Oregon or Washington? I actually live in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Where did I get? What? Your, <laughs> thing says, your, says, your thing says something completely different over here. What? Wait, I, I swear it said Oregon or, or Washington. One of those I've two. I've never in, even visited those states. You know what, dude? I don't know. Let me see. Let's see your, uh, hold on a second. Let me see your profile right here. I gotta do some uh, checking on my profile. It's oh, it's this port portage. Oh yeah, so I mean I could see Portland. I it said or, Portland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Port. She he lives in Portland, United States. <laughs> Portland, America. So uh, um, wait, uh, Milky Way Solar System. Yeah, we we found you, dude. I found you. Um, so yeah, you don't live in Oregon. Okay, so in California, when when people get to a four way stop sign, everyone forgets how to drive. <laughs> I know. And, and, and it really frustrates me because the person to the right has the right away. It's always like that. You're to the right, right. you get the right away. And they always want to wave you to like, like, come on. Like, they, they make you feel like stressed out that you, you're waiting for them to I go know. because, you know, like, come on. It's so frustrating. Don't be nice. I don't need to go first. Just know how to drive and do it. Please. I know. I know. I, I feel the same way. I, I don't know. I'm like, did I arrive here first? I mean, is there it, a, a second before you got here? I don't know. And dude, I do the I, thing. I, the I do the thing where I do the thing where I slow down extra slow so I can let them get to the thing first. Yeah. I do it every time. I just because I want them to get first so they can go and I don't have to worry about this whole like, come on, come on, waving me on. Oh, it's annoying, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been there. And you know, the thing is, and then you slow down and then they slow down and I'm like, oh, damn it. Damn it. Like, you got to understand the strategy here. You go up there. Um, I'm defaulting to you. You know, make make the turn. Make the turn. There's nothing in my life that's, you know, next year, 60 seconds is going to really interfere <laughs> with. It's either it's either somebody over the age of 60 or somebody <laughs> under the age of 20. It's never like once you're like. Oh, Mid-20s, you know how to drive, I think, by then. Yeah. You know, when I took my driver's test, um, it was a day in Wisconsin. Now, we don't get the snows like we used to. Like, honestly, right now, we are in for a rainstorm tomorrow. And uh, it's really sad because my daughters are 7-Eleven. We butt up against Parkland, and it has a really nice sledding hill. Haven't been out there once. We haven't had enough snow. 
I mean, it, it the, it's just, it hasn't snowed here. It's been cold, but we haven't had snow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's okay. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Kind of lead me back here, Sean. Where, where uh, was we were I? We talking like, about driving Christmas? and you were talking about sledding. So I don't know. Okay. So driving and sledding. Anyway, just anyway, stop you know, signs. It, 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 it is just, it's, it's sad. We haven't had the snow and, and I feel bad. My daughters today, um, you know, I, I was downstairs and looking at the sleds and I'm like, well, I can't bring them up. Cause I mean, we can't sled on grass. I mean, that doesn't work. And, um, I don't know. It, it, it's a changing, yeah, changing climate. You know, I don't even know, point. man. I've never seen snow up close ever. Really? Yes, I've really? never like touched snow. Oh yeah, I mean, we've had some pretty hefty snows, and I got a snowblower ten years ago against my wife's. Um, she she didn't approve of it. You know, basically saying, you know, we we don't get a lot of big snows a year, and we can go out and shovel. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I mean, and part of it is, if you're a guy, a, a snowblower is a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. A snowblower is fun. It is, it is, it is, yeah. So, like, yeah, my snowblower. But I haven't been able to use it this year. We haven't had the snow. Um, so, yeah. And then I would actually go out and snowblow, like, half the road and stuff like that. You know, and just, because you wouldn't want to stop. I mean, it'd be like, it's just too much fun. What exactly is a snowblower? What does it look like? Is it like a backpack thing? No, 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 no. It looks, it looks kind of like a lawnmower in a way. Okay, okay. And then it has like these blades in the front that turn and then chop up the snow and then and it shoots it out the top. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really awesome. I never had one. Like I always wanted one. And it's kind of weird because my dad, whose who's birthday is going to be in a couple of weeks, he turns 76. And he reminds me, he's like, my father only lived till he's 75. I'm like, Okay, and then also the he reminds me, when I die, the snowblower is going to become yours, and it's rather new. So I'm like, okay, like I'll update mine, but I guess I won't invest in a new one because I mean, if you die, <laughs> then I'll get yours, you know. So, um, but but yeah, I mean, I I just absolutely love I I love being out there snowblowing. It has totally changed my perspective. I hate shoveling. I hate, and part of it is like the sidewalk or not. But we have a kind of a long driveway, and it's never level. So you like you're shoveling, and then you hit like a bump, and then it's oh, oh yeah. damn it. <laughs> um, but but the snowblower will take on take on anything. And I used to have neighbors who were um, they were in their eighties, and they were uh had dialysis, both of them. So I'd go over and I'd snow blow their place in the morning or at night. And they always came out and they thanked me of saying like, thank you so much for doing this because we're not sure like the taxi could have picked us up and takes it to dialysis and all of a sudden. Like, well, yeah, no problem. You know, because when I was, when I was raised, my dad was, was a school principal for 35 years. And we lived in an environment, we lived in a, in a part of town, an older part of town in a, where I grew up. And the people around us were all like um, World War II vets or like widows of World War II, mm-hmm. you know, uh, soldiers. So my dad would go out and he would shovel and he dragged me with him. And I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten, and I didn't know what it was about. Like, so I, I always despised it because you know I didn't like doing it. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, it was really a cool thing for my dad to do is to go out there at night and he was, you know, also principal, but to shovel, you know, these people's driveway and do wow, stuff. That's, yeah, that is pretty cool. Like, like that. So I, I kind of carried that on with, with this couple. And I remember once, um, yeah, they brought me out like a bag of shrimp for, for like, you know, we appreciate you, which I'm assuming somebody gave to them and they, they regave to us. But, um. But yeah, you know, I, I, I absolutely love it. And so it sits in the garage right now and I haven't been able to use it because it, it, it's so unusual. I grew up up north in Wisconsin. And when I 
would go to to visit my friends when I was in high school. Absolutely, you had these massive trucks with these V plows on the front, and the snow would be just under the power lines. That's not an exaggeration. I went to take my driver's test on a day when school was canceled, and I called in. It was a neighboring community of about 30,000, and I said, are you still doing driver's tests today? They're like, yeah, everybody's canceled. I'm like, but you're still doing them, right? So I took my parents' Bonneville over there, which was like this big 350 engine rear-wheel drive. I mean, absolutely the the vehicle you would not want to drive in a snowstorm at all. So I managed to get this Bonneville over there, and the doors freeze up on the damn thing. So I've got to kick the driver's side door oh, open. Oh, damn, man. <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> any of this, dude. I'm like, I'm like, it was cold today. You know how cold it was no. today? It's um, it's it's like 52 degrees. Like that's cold. Yeah, you know, and it's and that actually was about forty here today, which is pretty good. But we had a streak of where the high, the high was ten degrees nah. for three consecutive weeks, and it was the coldest stretch since eighteen sixty five. Eighteen sixty five in in our area, um, just a few weeks ago. So it's great for the 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 ice fishermen. I mean, they we have lakes in town, so you know they put all the shanties out and. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. It's not my thing, but I mean, I think it's kind of cool. But yeah, that is that is cool. I can. Uh, that seems like something that would be interesting to do. Good, cool hobby. It's called ice. Yeah, fishing. you know, and I, I run a lot at, at night, and I and uh, one of the things is I'll run by these lakes, and and you see these lit up, and I'm just thinking, this got to be kind of cool in there. Like I almost kind of want to run out on the lake and knock on the door and say, like, how's it going? Because you know they're drinking in there and they're just having a blast <laughs> yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Staying warm, and, man. And, uh, you know, one of the things, too, is like running. I, I run late at night. And when I run late at night, it's like 11 or 12 at, at, at night. And I get stopped uh, pretty frequently by the police. And I have like my yellow vest on. I'm 46 years old. And uh, I get stopped by the police. You know, they'll pull me over. Hey, you know, what you doing out here tonight? I don't know, running. <laughs> so, uh, it's midnight. Yeah. I mean, like, it's midnight. Like, it's you know, 5 well, o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I mean, come on. What, what's up with so late? I'm like, I don't know. I got a lot of stuff I kind of do, and this is what I do. And and honestly, it was, it was the day Aaron Rodgers went down with a shoulder injury in Minnesota, and the cop stopped me. And, the, and So I'm 46, and this guy's like maybe 23, 24. And, he, and he's like, what have you heard about the Aaron Rodgers injury? Like, I haven't heard anything. I've been on duty, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I heard the, the shoulder. I'm like, he's out and all this. Oh, yeah, and... And then I'm telling them the whole story. I'm like, I, I used to go to Packer games in the 80s, you know, when you have to piss in it in basically a, a, a you know, a, an, an eaves trough, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and the big trough. When, <laughs> when oh. the stadium didn't have a, a jumbotron, I'm like, and they used to hand you cigarettes. You know, Marlboro used to hand you cigarettes when you went in. Didn't matter if you were 10 or 20. I mean, it's just a promo. I'm like, wow. yeah, I'm like, I used to go through all of that stuff. I'm like, and, and so, you know, I'm kind of bummed out in my fantasy league, you know, just took a karate chop to the nuts and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, this 23 year old guy is like sitting there for like 20 minutes, like getting all the detail. And he's just amazed. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the stadium used to just be this like, you know, sheet metal green thing. And it totally sucked. I mean, there weren't any, there weren't any replay boards and you just had like the score. And I, and this, I, I mean, I was just making his day. He's like, I didn't know any of this. And, uh, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. So by the way, like I live up here and I can go on my way. But one time a person checked my ID, like one of the officers kind of got, got hard, you know, 
with with me on this stuff you know like you know where do you where do you live and what what's your reason for being out here and on my own try to get fit try to live a year longer <laughs> i'm like i have a vest on i have like you know i there's nothing you know i'm 46 i mean this is just the time i kind of do this thing you know but but yeah, I mean, there, that was the one time I felt kind of in, in, intimidated a little bit of like running the background check. And I'm like, I don't really have anything, you know, that, that's going to be of concern. But, you know, is it illegal to run at night? I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you wh- what's what's really what's really going on here? You throw the spotlight on you. Of course, your neighbors are driving by. Oh, you know, they're yeah, coming it's home. embarrassing. Yeah, Dave, Dave. And that light's Dave's super so... bright and like while you're squinting your eyes, like the fucking light. <laughs> come on, let's be real. Dude, I got I got stopped when I was 18. I was barely 18. I was working at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was um I was at a friend's house. This is late, like t- eleven o'clock. I had my skateboards in the trunk. I I've never touched a drug or alcohol before that point in my life. I was totally I was always against it. I was just I went nothing to do with it, right? I mean, little to no later in my life, I'd be a, a screw-up. But at that point, never touched it. I was against it, completely against it. I got pulled over by the cops, and they they accused me of being on speed, and I didn't even know what speed was. <laughs> right? They're just like, you're on speed. Now, why why is, your, pul- why is your, your pulse up so much? And I'm like, you know, this is the first time I've been stopped by the cops ever, and you guys are checking my pulse. Flat, and there's, there's four cars right here. You guys are shining your lights in my face. <laughs> So he he asked me, he just asked me calmly, okay, so we're not going to ask you what you're on. We just want to know how long ago did you take it? (laughs) And I was like, officer, I swear to God, I am not on drugs. Right. And then I got put in the back of the cop car. I got arrested and put in jail. (laughs) Wow. I got put in jail. The next morning, I got- That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The next morning, I got out at like 7 a.m. My mom had to come pick me up. She's super worried. Like, she thinks I'm on drugs. Because my dad had a drug pass, so she she was kind of worried about that. I was going to get that, too. Which, like I said, little did I know it was years later. But, yeah. So, that's all happened. I went home, and I waited for months to go to court. And I go to court. And all they did was dismiss it. They just, I go to court, sit oh, yeah, down. They yeah. dismiss I mean, what it. What can they go. do? What can they do? Right? Yeah. yeah. But I was also scared that they could like contaminate something. Like, oh, you know, this kid's pee is clean. We got to contaminate it because this is our fuck up. And I'm like, dude, it's, it was. Now, till this day, I'm 37. I'm still terrified of getting stopped by cops. And I know Ooh, yeah. not every cop yeah. is bad, but just like this situation yeah. really messed me up. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, even for me, you know, 40, at 46 and. You know, I, I, it, it's just unsettling, you know, when they throw that and now it's, it's that led spotlight, which is, you know, a thousand times greater yeah. than the old spotlights. So, you know, yeah, you actually have like the sunburn from it, you know, when it hits you <laughs> at night, next morning, you got a tan, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and the whole question, what are you doing out here? I'm like, okay, you see the running gear, the vests. I'm like, you had a course in like, you know, investigative procedures, right? During your program. And I mean, not to make, I know these guys and mm-hmm. it's over time and hard stuff, but I'm like, you know, come on, look at me. I mean, I'm not going to, what am I doing here? Like, what am I, I have nothing. I have no interest in causing 
any disruption to the city or community. I'm just trying to get out here to get fit, you know? Yeah, totally, man. You're out there trying uh, to do something good for yourself. You're getting punished for it, man. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm Let that be I a mean, lesson. Stay home. <laughs> get fat. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know what, you, officer, you made a good point. Like, I'm just giving up fitness. Like, you're act right. Like, I would act like I was drunk. Like, you know what, officer? <laughs> you know what? You don't like my bright green shirt? It's fashionable. I just got out of a party, you know? Construction worker party. I'm like, this thing kicks ass. I mean, come on. I mean, and my <laughs> wife had a, my wife sewed it. I got it from my, my <laughs> priest of all things, who's a good friend of mine. And, uh, and they were donating stuff for like this raffle auction and he, and I saw this thing over in the corner and I'm like, Hey, I kind of need like a running vest. And it was like a triple XL. And I'm like, well, I'm not that big. So I showed it. I, he said, well, take it home. You can have it if you want it. Cause I don't know what the hell we're going to do with this thing. So I took it to my wife and she's like, well, I can sew the sides in on it. And then, you know, it'll look okay and stuff. And yeah, so, it'll look but okay it does for night jogging. It, it does, and it, it does. That's have why you company. got pulled over, man. Those stitches, man. Look at all. <laughs> look, at, look at this guy with this with this bullshit shirt uh, jacket <laughs> thing on. It's all stitched together with shoelaces. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. They're like, this company doesn't even exist anymore. Where the hell did you get this thing? Like, you got like <laughs> swinging to everybody. I'm like, I, no, no, no. And, I, and you're a, you're a talker, David. Like, you know, even chatting with you on Twitter, like you 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 type these long messages. So I imagine you're you're talking to this cop and talking to this cop, and a half hour later, he's like, dude, just go, just David, <laughs> Mister Perodin, please leave. You're like, yeah, just you gotta, just got you just got to get them to the point where they're like, oh, I need an exit. How do I exit out of this conversation? Uh, you're free to go. Uh, uh, Peace. And the thing is, usually they stop me. I'm not too far from my house. So I give them the address. They're like, where is that? I'm like. You're the you're an officer in this town. It's ten thousand people. Like you honestly do not know where I live. There's three like, streets. There's, Come on. You've got eight computers next to you. You can't type in my address in, in a garment and it triangulates where you. I'm like I live two blocks up and over. What? What? Like we've never heard of this place. Like that's a. I'm like yeah. It's a. You can follow me. And one time they followed me home and they watched me get into my house. Just to confirm that, like this was authentic. So I don't know, and you know, not to not to diss them, I, I because like you know, I they've never been inappropriate to me, but yeah. but still, it, it's kind of this this weird thing. Yeah, well, you, I mean, know, dude, you had uh, a, you had a shitty situation. Let's talk about it. That's cool, you know. <laughs> you got to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> Just you know, people got to be aware. You gotta you know be aware. And uh, and one time they stopped me. I was on my bike. I was kind of on my bike at night, which I usually With no light. No, 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 California, no, no. They'll stop you with I no light the, at night. Oh, oh, no, no. I had the whole setup. Like, oh, I had the really? light, a double light, I had a light on the back of my helmet. Like, I mean, I was totally decked. And, uh, and the weird thing was when the cop pulled me over, like, he, he spent the entire time complimenting me on the bike. He's like, this is a really nice bike. Like, you've done a really nice job on this. Like, I know this. I'm kind of into biking and all this. I'm like, dude, I'm like, all I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm not, I'm just trying to get out here and, and I, I'm, you know, whatever. Well, some people have called, you know, this neighbor, and we've had some things happen in this neighborhood. And I'm like, well, okay, like, I get it. But, like, what do you want me to do at this point? Like, what do you, uh, what can I do to help you resolve this situation that you've been called out to? Because I'm not like I'm I'm not biking around somebody's house. I'm like biking in a 
pattern to go out to this destination, which I go to, and then I, I return back. And But, yeah, he complimented Lee totally on the bike and then, of course, ran. Whatever they do, they run your, your information, like who's, you know, what's your name, what's your address. And, and then he's like, you're free to go. But still, like, I think that record exists somewhere. So, like, I, I always wonder then if anything happens down the road and you get pulled over and they're like, yeah, this guy, holy smokes. Like, he's got pulled over, like, five times for, you know, jogging late <laughs> at night. And then he biked. And, you know, we're, we're dealing with a real hard ass here. You know, like, call, calling, like, three other squads. Like, you know, we're, before, you even, before you even go up to this guy, like, don't even, don't even mess with him. And then, like, I pulled out a map that I had, too. I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, this map of the city and this trail and whatever. But, you know, I, I don't know. It was weird, though. This this weird thing, too, of, like, complimenting the bike. Like, this is a really cool gear set. Oh, he was trying to break your walls down, man. Get you, feel, <laughs> get you to feel like, you know, you feel comfortable. You're like, you know, to so the point he goes, so where's the drugs? You're like, well, it's right here in my <laughs> seat. Oh, wait, what? What? You know, he's, wow. you know, he's trying to trying to be your friend, man. Good, he's playing good cop. There's, if there was another cop, he would have been the asshole. That's how it works. It was totally good cop, bad cop. Yeah, and then, of course, yeah, you know, and then I'm a GNC guy. So, like, you always ask GNC when you check out, do you have anything under the counter that you can give me, like, any special enhancement? And, and of course, like, they'll kind of be like, yeah, we've got this thing here to give you, like, that'll give you, like, superpowers when you're out biking, which totally, like, makes you feel it ready comes in a little you, baggie and it comes with a die. straw yeah like a little powder shit you're like dude you're like, biking for days man yeah. you didn't get this here but you know you can buy it online and stuff like that and i'm like so oh. i take it and, what, what is and it you, what kind of stuff is it is it really like behind is it really like a uh, stuff they don't keep out in the shelves oh yeah it is totally it's totally and you have to ask for it and then um and, and you feel horrible for the first 10 miles you like feel like I just want to get off my bike. I want to lie down in, 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 you know, like, uh, you know, off of the road and, and, and just die, you know, like it's just, that's horrible. I mean, but I know like once I work through it, like it's going to give me this power rush and all this stuff. But I'm like, what the hell is this stuff yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, the man. guy gave me in, in like this pack, you know, like, I don't know what this stuff is. And and then you feel great. Then it's like you could bike a thousand miles and, oh, and you'd be fine. But you gotta get through the first ten minutes. Yeah. So your body body's trying to process this whatever the hell they gave you, which they never sell. And they're like, you know, you can go on and enter this code and enter this and this and finally get to this where they could send it to your house. But you got an oh, need bitcoins. You need a, <laughs> you need you need a zombie computer in the dark web. Zombie computer, and it's going to be delivered, and it's going to be like a block away from your house and a drop off point. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly, some of the stuff I've been like, oh my God. I mean, I'm like, uh, and then one time I talked to my doctor. So I, I wiped out on my, my bike. Um, I had a serious accident back in, it was about two years ago. And I have a pretty high end bike. So I biked like 70, 80 miles. For fitness, and and I do it 70 alone. Seventy like, or eighty miles. Yeah, yeah. I don't even feel comfortable driving that far. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, like, I never biked more than six, seven miles. I'd be totally winded, and I I just kind of got into this, and I love biking. And people ask, like, do you bike in marathons? Like, hell no. Like, I don't want to bike against anybody. I don't care about anybody else. Like, I it's just myself. Like, I I I, I map all this out, and I have like these these additional chargers from this company, Jackery which I'm not plugging right now, by the way, but if you want to sell me a free or send me a free charger, Jackery, go for it. 
Um, but this episode of Horrible Awkward <laughs> Podcast is brought to you by Jackery, and, and and they it recharges your phone. But anyway, I I would go out and I would bike, and I I loved it. And I didn't want to bike with people because I don't want to be hung up by somebody. I don't want to get in any discussion. I just want to kind of bike and think, you know, and bike and enjoy. Really nice high end bike. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out biking and, and it's just, all, it, it's just awesome. I mean, you get to this point where you kind of get to retro introspection, reflection and things like that. Um, I pack along beef jerky and Swedish fish. I mean, oh, there's, there's yeah. this, whole, there this whole formula, like of how your body then processes. And I remember as biking last year, I came across a guy who wiped out on a motorcycle. So he's like in the ditch. And then I pull up and I'm like, dude, are you okay? Older guy is like, yeah, I'm all right. And, uh, and then suddenly a pickup truck pulls up with like a couple of his, uh, I assume friends. And I'm like, do you want me to do anything for you? Call anyone for you? He's like, no, I'm like, fine. I'm like, okay. Like I'll stay here a little bit and talk to you and stuff like that. And he was cool. And then, um, you know, his friends kind of took care of him and it's fine. But anyway, like, um, so like two years ago though, I, I wiped out on my bike. I mean like major wipeout. Like over the handlebars? And, oh God. It was, go it was, it was, Sean, it was horrible. It was horrible. And, and it was one of these things where the, the county, I was out on a county road. So, um, and it's rural and, and the county decided to do this, this, this shit ass, we'll put tar down and then stones and then we'll, we'll run, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what the hell thing over it to, to push it down. And, and like, hey, it's a brand rollers, maybe. Yeah, like it's a brand new road. Although like a year later, it goes totally back to hell. You know, yeah. like it's and so I'm on this and I'm like realizing, well, this has been done a couple of days prior because it's it. There's a lot of stones and the tire is a little iffy. You know, it's like not totally set. And it's a hot day, like 85 degrees and humid. So I'm biking it and I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty under control. Like I'm under control, you know, I slow my speed down and, and I get through it. And then I go on my bike ride, which is probably another like 50 miles. And I come back and this thing is it. And what I didn't realize is the sun is heated this, the surface. So like the tar underneath is loose in these stones and I end up wiping out my bike. Um, for some reason, like it just that I, I don't remember all of it. Um, the front wheel you know, jackknifed and I, I flipped and I hit my head on the ground and I ripped off. I have a necklace. I'm going to show it right here for, for the eight people that will watch this on online. But anyway, this is 400 years old. It's a 400. Uh, That's 400 years old. 400 years old. Yeah. I got it from my priest. Um, the, the actual, the, the, the nails are from your priest 400 years ago. Um, yeah, I didn't actually. Um, although, like time travel and Rick and Morty is a big part of my life, but um, these came from a burned down uh, church, and he got them from the Vatican, and they were given to him. So the stones, and then I yeah. took it to a jeweler. So it's really, it, it's it, really, it's a cross made out of like the the um, the spikes. The right, right, right. That they actually used to build the, this church that they burned down, and then they would re, re they would collect the the nails and then they apparently at the vatican they have sacks of these nails and they have them like this came from this church this came from this church so these are like 400 year old nails i took them to a jeweler and the jeweler then um made it into a necklace and i had a decision to make 
He said, you can make a stainless steel like necklace that will basically be, be unbreakable, which would have decapitated me and I would have died. Ooh, and he's, yeah. or you can have like this, 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 this necklace, which you can wear and then you'll be, you know, it, it'll break like it's strong, it's hefty, but it'll, it'll break, um, you know, if, if, you know, whatever pressure. So I'm biking along and I'm pretty, I'm, I'm cognizant of, of what I'm going over. I, you know, I'm aware of it and there's not really any traffic. And somehow I jackknife, like the wheel started to go and I ended up hitting my head on the, I, the, the bike flipped. I ended up hitting my head and, uh, and I woke up and I'm in the middle of the road and the bike is, is like the pedals gone and this is high end bike, you know, and, and, and I'm like, just, and it's weird. Like it's weird because I'm like, what the hell? And I knew enough to check myself over. So I'm looking, my arm is all embedded with stones. My leg is embedded. I'm bleeding like crazy. Plus I have a concussion. And, um, and I dragged the bike over to the side and I find the cross, the cross was ripped off my neck and I find it in the road and, and then the car drives by kind of looks at me like, Oh, that sucks for you, but I won't stop to help you by the way. I'm like, okay. Uh, you're only well, bleeding. You're good. <laughs> I'm on Shake it off. Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> and I'm picking out the stones from my arm and I get, and so it's weird because, um, I was, I'm definitely sure I was in shock. So you talked about like whether I'm a doctor and, and how this all prescribes. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? So, man? so I have a PhD from UW Madison. I had a two year fellowship. So I've so I have a bachelor's, a master's, and then I have a, match, a, a master's I got from Superior, which is you know um, Superior Duluth. So cold as hell. And my dad was actually he got his master's up there in the sixty. Worked on the Edmonds Fitzgerald, which sank. Um, they would they would post. Um, Flyers on campus, like, hey, kids, come down and, you know, we'll pay you $20 an hour, which was great at that time to help shovel out, you know, the. Yeah, that's the, great the, now. That would $20 an hour is good now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, he had this relationship with, with some of the stuff, which is pretty cool, this history stuff. So, so I'm up in Superior and, uh, you know, getting that degree. And then I went to UW Madison and, and I wanted to do something really hard. Because I knew, like, if I did something really hard, other people weren't going to do that, and I was going to specialize out. By the way, dude, I, the complete opposite of the way I do everything in life. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's hard? No, 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 no. Give me the easy. Give me easy, the easy version. Yeah. Let me lower the well, difficulty on that. <laughs> don't let me forget about this as we go through this about how I got my balls busted during my dissertation defense. Because that was, like, one of the greatest beatdowns. I mean, that's, like... That's like Rocky, Rocky four, the very first round when Rocky comes out of the episode and just gets the hell beat out of him. Yeah, that's what my dissertation defense was. Even though my advisor like told me, "You're solid, Dave. Like this will be no problem. You'll go through this." I mean, it wasn't like that at all. But anyway, um, I got a fellowship, which is basically they give you money to to pay for your living expenses and to do your research, which was pretty generous. And uh, I researched high stakes decision making in um, military, healthcare, and schools. And it was interesting in military. I got to I got to know some pretty cool people, like uh, Dr. Paul Rapp, headed military medicine out of um, the White House. So I'd be dealing with him, and um, you know, I like I'd seen a lot of his stuff on P, not PBIS, but um, Nova and stuff like that. 
And uh, it was it was really cool. And I got to know like a lot of a lot of these top people in the field. So a bunch um, of smart people, right? There's no Sean's in this group. No. Well, well, no, I mean, I'm feeling like an idiot because I'm coming into this and I'm trying to make an argument. And then like I'm having it totally like ripped apart by a couple of the people that I'm working with. But but doc, this Dr. Paul Rapp was totally cool. I mean, totally cool guy. Even at the end, he's like, yeah, you know, we should go Go out on your your porch and use some sipping whiskey and just kind of process what we did today. And this guy's a genius. But when you do stuff with the White House, they record it. And then afterwards, they tell you what you can use and what you can't. So, I mean, I was involved in some pretty sophisticated stuff. And I work with the NFL and stuff like that. So, there's like a lot of stuff like I know that you can never say. Um, you know, you have to sign, you know, special agreements. Like you'll never say this, whatever. But What, but what are White- some of those things you can never say? Well, you can't <laughs> you can't say it in NFL. Uh, NFL arenas have extremely high security involving like snipers at every NFL arena. There are snipers oh, really? at every. I never L- knew that. Yeah. So right now I'm probably going to to lose that contract. Oh and, man, and don't do it then. Finished. Don't do it. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I think, but. But, I mean, you'd have to identify the locations and things. But the, the NFL has has such a high level of security. So, you know, working with NFL security and going out on some of the fields before the games. And I have some pictures, although, like, some of the stuff you can't air, obviously. You know, like, you can't show these things, like, on Twitter and, and Facebook. Like, hey, I was at this stadium at whatever date and whatever. But, um, but you know, I'm analyzing things from from a perspective of, like, um, I, re- I really focus in, I, I try to help them on if something was reported, like how fast are you responding? How are you date stamping it? How are you reducing your litigation exposure and stuff like that? But they show you stuff like that I've never seen before. Like I never knew like certain arenas have within the scoreboard, there's a sniper who resides. <laughs> and if there's something that happens in the stadium, we have a, a detection system and we can identify it, you know, one second where a shot has been fired and the sniper can wow. angle in. And, and, and that stuff exists. And actually it was interesting because the, the, um, what the hell was it? The October 31st or October 1st shooting in Vegas mm-hmm. when they had, um, you know, there are, there are devices in place called spot shotters and they had them in Detroit and they kind of took them out because it just people, one of the things is people in Detroit weren't calling in when there were shots in their neighborhood because you know, the they're police used to it kind of, yeah, they're used to it and there's the police were in a spot and they're, they weren't going to testify anyway in court. So, but you, you, what happens right now is when like the president goes and speaks somewhere they have these spot shotters that they set up. Nobody knows about these. And I mean, I'm, I'll share them because, I mean, you could publicly find these if you did a, a deep enough interset, uh, inter- internet search. But um, they will identify the first shot and then it will like basically sh- the shoot this prism up of blinding this person, you know, for like six feet. So you will have no ability to fire a second shot. So, I mean, that technology was available, but it wasn't enacted during the vegas concert shooting um which you know it, it wasn't required so it's not like they didn't any anything in negligence but this stuff e- exists i mean which is pretty cool um they call them spot shotters yeah, so that is so, kind of neat yeah yeah stuff i didn't know about so i know where these spot shotters are i know how stadiums operate and then it's it's kind of funny too because like stadiums 
when you get right to the stadium and they check you, <laughs> like my brother-in-law went to, we went to a Brewers game and he's like, you know, he has like five knives on him. He's a great guy. Like he's not going to cause harm to anybody, but you know, he's just like a hunter type guy. I'm like, dude, you can't bring this stuff to you. What the hell are you thinking? I'm like, you're either going to have to submit these and throw them in the box and you'll never see them again. Or you're going to have to go back to the car, which he went back. Um, but you know, it, it is, it is so sophisticated, but actually as you go in to like, let's say a Lambeau field and they, they check you over for weapons and things, that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. By that time, they've already had you figured out their, you know, they've had their systems in place for identifying anything going on in the parking lot, anything that's a drone that's all app-based management. Like I know how all of this works. So it's more like cosmetic. By the time you get into that, um, it, that means nothing. And no one is smuggling guns into games. I mean, I remember, though, being at a game in the 90s. I attended all the Packer games in the 90s. And the guy in front of me, or, or like one or two two rows, took out a football and threw it, and it landed on the field, and he got ejected. Now, I thought that was cool. Like, I was like, man, that's a hell of a throw because we're like 40 seats up, and like you got it right where it needed to be. Damn. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, so they've tightened up security and it was with stuff like that, but that's really cosmetic. Like by the time you get to the stadium, that that's cosmetic. That means nothing. I mean, that they're not detecting anything by that time. It's it, it's really, and my brother goes to a lot of games yet. Um, and, and they have the stadium, the, the it's by Lambeau field in green Bay. They have, um, Oneida, which, which crosses right by the stadium. And he's like, you know, I, I've got to figure out with my friends, like, what do we do if somebody comes down at night and opens up and starts firing? I'm like, well, it's, it's unlikely, but I guess it could happen. You know, so I'm like, you know, you just get off to the sides and stuff like that and, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so weird. And working with NFL security, the biggest thing NFL security is involved in right now is, is time stamping things because they get sued. Of, of not responding in time for if someone like had um, the, uh, a heart attack or something like that they were saying like, I'm, I'm having chest pains and no one responded until eight minutes or like I had a conflict with another participant at the game and someone didn't get there till eight minutes. Well, we can, they can timestamp that. One of the things people go to, they don't realize it, but every NCAA game, every, uh, you know, football game, basketball, whatever, all your videotaped you every single individual is is identified i mean they they know they know where you are what you are what you've done if you you know it so um you know they they can triangulate you to within a second and they can have people there on you on a second they can have sniper <laughs> you know um with with the red light on you in a second and people don't realize this um because, you know, it normally doesn't happen. But th- these situations are extremely safe. I mean, when is the last time we've had in the U.S. where we've had an attack in a stadium? Uh-uh. It just doesn't happen. You know, because the stadiums are prepared for this stuff. They know yeah, how this stuff yeah. operates. I mean, how do you get – I mean, you, you couldn't even get things in through the metal detectors. I mean, I guess – People are clever, though. I mean, they can have a drone come in and drop it into them. <laughs> See that I, we talked a lot that I focused a lot with one of my with one of my clients on that about the drone stuff. But they do have a lot of um, drone barriers. So the new drones actually have where you can set up barriers around hospitals. That's right. These, yeah, these exist, but but they can they That's can do this. Working, e- right. 
Um, yeah, they, they can do this EMP pulse stuff and basically take down a drone. So I don't think that's as big of an issue as as what people make it out to be. What's going to happen, though, Sean, and I, I tell people this right now, is I said the issue isn't so much like gun violence. It's probably people uh, um, taking a car and trying to run down people or taking a renting a U-Haul or a whatever rider van and trying to run down people. I'm like, that's where it's going to be because one is you're removed as the person doing this. Like you're, you're one step removed from it. Um, and, and the other, are you really though in that situation? If you take a car and deliberately run it into a crowd of people, like, uh, isn't, I mean, that's not the same as holding a gun and shooting somebody. There's some, there's a- no, I, I think it's a little, it's a little bit different. I've interviewed and I've, I've talked to and studied some people with weapons who, who have said, you know, once they, um, you know, once they see somebody, you know, actually receive the, the bullet and, and the blood pattern and, and stuff like that, that, you know, then it kind of makes it real for them. But I, I, I think the, the, the car is, is this big intermediary between them and, and hitting yeah, I can see there's Some, more. Maybe somebody. I I don't know, man. I it all seems the same to me. Yeah, I, I mean it's a fine line, and and one of the things though is like I prepare, I get contracted for schools all across the country, and I suppose I, I serve as an expert witness on on things, and I'm like, you know, a vehicle is damn near impossible to prevent for, and and first of all, nobody prepares for these things, so I get called in, and they're like. We do this active shooter training. Well, we've we've had our community come in, our police officers, and 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 they have makeup professionals. And I I was involved in this. I was involved in this in many capacities. One is where I was done up as somebody who'd been killed as an administrator. So I was lying on the floor, and people like ran by me and stepped on my hands. By the way, I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know, it's a drill. Don't cripple me up for life. But. And then I responded in a police car at nine, not 90, 70 miles per hour, and we jumped a curb and had to get out and had to throw on police gear and stuff like that and come into a building and just crazy stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, part of it, what I tell people is you can harden a target. Um, so this, is, this, was my, this was my dissertation at UW-Madison. So I spent two years focusing on high-stakes decision-making in safety in um, hospitals, military, and schools, and spent a good part of time in all three of those sectors, like military and healthcare. And healthcare is interesting because healthcare, if they screw up, they basically just buy you off. I mean, <laughs> the flat-out deal is they just buy you off. Behind the scenes is like, how much will it take to make this go away? Or can we give you a free surgery or whatever? And, and, and that usually works. Um, and military, you know, it's like, well, who's going to challenge us? Who, who are we really accountable to if this goes to hell? And but but schools are different. You know, schools can get civilly sued. I'm doing an article right now for an international magazine <gasps> for school business. Maker, sorry. Hiccups. Yes. And by the way, I've never had I any. Have, I've never. I've done 118 episodes. I've never gotten or had anyone get hiccups on the podcast. No, I get hiccups quite frequently. I don't know why it is. Like it's just an older thing. And, and then I also have. Um, so I, I, I podcast from my basement studio, which is very nice, but it's not heated, and it's winter in Wisconsin. 
So uh, I, I call it the North Star weather dial. It's like 57 degrees down here right now. But you you adapt to. I mean, you you adapt to it. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks, you know, from that standpoint. Um, so so yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy on this the school safety stuff. Where I'm not a fan at all of. School school districts are paying five hundred dollars plus to have people go through um, these high intensity trainings, mm-hmm. where they they bring in people who pretend to be active shooters and they 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 run you through all these things and they fire the shots in the hallway. It, it, and my experience, and I, I go through them in empirical database, is like that doesn't really help you at all. Like I studied, you know, and I've met with the people and I've, I've been in police trainings. That's one of the things like, it's kind of unique because I have a PhD. I'm connected. I get to go to certain trainings, which other people don't to get, get to go to like February 22nd. I'm involved in a special training. I'm a debriefer for our County and a neighboring County when, um, significant events that happen, you know, like four people die in, in an interstate accident, but it couldn't, it, it could be other things. And um, in those situations, I'm the only civilian. And because I have the PhD, they bring me in, you know, the PhD from Madison. And um, they take your phone. You know, you can't record anything that they show. And they show you the raw video of, like, Virginia Tech coming into a classroom. And I'll never forget um, watching this and hearing the cla- the um, cell phones ring of people who have been killed and, and parents trying, you know, or relatives trying to call people and, and – uh, and and I remember, yeah, in my role, one time um, having to, and I'll tell you, this is the toughest thing in my life, you know, like being part of the sheriff's department in this capacity. Um, I I got called in, and and it was an event where a young lady, a nurse, was was killed in an accident, and uh, and I'm leading this this debriefing, and it is the head nurse, it is the head surgeon. It is like the second surgeon from the first team that, that came in. It's the people on the hill. It's like the the med flight people. I mean, they're all there, and I'm leading this thing. And uh, and I'm just trying to keep it together because, like, emotionally, this stuff just – I've been through stuff, Sean, you know, in life. Like, not things like you've been through. Like, I've listened – you know, I love your podcast. I love this stuff with, with Jerry – or not with Jerry, with Larry Roberts. I yeah, want to I'm get a, into I'm that. Let Larry, you know that you messed his name up. Call him Jerry. More, yeah, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Roberts. Jerry, Jerry, Larry, Larry, Jerry. Yes, yeah, and all day, of course, he's <laughs> been like, I hope, I, I hope this Niagara Falls. Um, yeah. The only thing I can say on that is like he's like I have brown slacks for the next time I visit Niagara Falls. <laughs> I'm like, it's a good. I said, Larry, that's a good move. That's a good move. <laughs> This is there in the off season. Nobody will even, you know. Uh, Larry Roberts shit <laughs> his pants is what he's David is trying to right. say, Mister. Right, right, right. And then once you get once you get committed, like he's like, well, we had to go on the tour and stuff afterwards, and there's not a there's not a lot of repair you can do at that that point, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I, I Sean, I read like they they had the American Falls that they. I don't know when it was in the seventies. They, they, um, they stopped water coming over the American falls, which is part of the, so you have the, the Niagara falls, which is like the real falls, but then you have the American falls, which is kind of like pretty pissy and a lot of rocks have fallen off. It's not very aesthetically 
pleasing. But they, they, they shut that down to try to get some of these rocks away to make it more of a tourist attraction. But people went out there and they collected money because people would throw like quarters, you know, here, good luck, you know, like good luck this year. And, and people would go out there with sacks and, and suck up all this money. I'm thinking, I would have done that. Like, I totally would have done that. I'm three feet from the edge. Hell yeah, I would have been out there with a sack collecting money. That would have been me. But, um, but yeah, you know, we talk about Larry Roberts. Larry Roberts and really random podcast who I respect Larry a lot. He's, he's done a tremendous, um, you know, uh, amount for me with my, my website and stuff. And, and he gets in guests, you know, which are phenomenal, including you, you know, you know, Sean. But I'm looking at my guest list. I'm looking at Sean's guest list. Like, how in the how in the hell do you, are you connecting up with these 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 you know th- this this guest list? I just get I, in I there, man. Under, I just make I it happen. Under, I don't understand it, you know. But but he's great. I respect him, Larry. You're a great guy. You know, we 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 love you. You're a great yeah, guy. let's do our Larry Roberts impersonations. <clears throat> hey, this is Larry Robert. Wait, no, no. <laughs> This is Larry Roberts from the Readily Random Podcast. He's like real hyping. Larry, Larry Roberts, yeah. And today my guest is a cool yeah, I'm guy. Larry Roberts from uh, Readily Random Podcast. And we have a Dr. David. Uh, I remember your name. We practiced it beforehand. Uh, Paradin, uh, per, uh, P, P, per, Paradise, Paradin. It's like, Paradise. Larry, come on, dude. Dude. Five minutes ago. And I sent you the pronunciation of this like phonetically in a document okay. i love it dude that's that's how you know larry goes into things raw like he he messed up yeah. a lot of things and he goes ah oh, sean uh sean uh what's his podcast um sean you know th- that that weird super weird podcast yeah larry's larry's awesome <laughs> sean's like yeah and larry's like yeah you know like when i was when i was young like i robbed a bank i'm like whoa what the hell you know, or things like that, but, but yeah, I, I really, I, I, I love Larry. Larry's helped me a lot with my, my website and my logos. And I had, I had another, you know, this is like too safe, too many safety docs in the blocks. I had a guy consult or contact me in kind of like one of these semi-threatening emails of, of saying, I've been the safety doc for like 10 years and you've just kind of come on the scene and I don't want to make sure there's a conflict between our two things. So, you know, could you could you adjust your emphasis to indicate you're more schools and community? You know, we don't want to make this. You know, he's a great guy. The, the, but but I'm like, I, I had to shift this. So I had to contact Larry who does stuff with my website because I'm like, Christ, I don't want to get into some like litigation thing of, you know, my website, like I'm in the safety doc name. So yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, it's just you know a weird what's idea. funny? Uh, I'm I am such an idiot. I didn't even put the name of your podcast together, like the Safety Doc. I just thought of it like the safe the Safety uh, Document. Like I didn't even put it together. The Safety Doc Doctor. Yeah. I, I yeah. Okay. I, I'm a complete idiot. Like I didn't even put those two together until right now, <laughs> man. So it is. A, it is a Safety Doc. So you now know, I've been. In- I've been involved in, in I, the strangest, you know, Sean, when I was like um, 18 years old, I had fire, I, I had keys on my keychain to the fire department. I was a firefighter. You were a firefighter at 18? Yeah. yeah. At, uh, and then I had. Overachiever. Um, Over, overachiever. Overachiever. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> you know what it, I was doing at 18? You heard I was in the back of a police car. Well, yeah, you know, fire department, police, pretty, pretty closely associated, right? I mean, I was in the back so, of a car, though, going <laughs> to the police up, you know, because I was on drugs. 
we, we had a new truck that we got. So we had a major fire the year before where like half the damn town burned down. And we called in the neighboring department, which had the same shitty equipment that we did. You know, like the 1960 pumper that could pump like 200 gallons a minute until it overheated and shut down. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll never forget this fire. I'll never forget this as long as long as I live. Like, because it was one of those things where you, you keep evaluating moment by moment. Like, this thing could really go to hell. Like, if this building falls forward, like, it takes out this other building. And, and like, we're a small town. Like, we don't have much for equipment and all of it's old. And we ordered a brand-new state-of-the-art truck that didn't arrive until, like, April. This fire was, like, in December. I'll never forget this. But, um, but yeah, being being a member of, of, of the fire department is pretty cool. I remember the day the new truck arrived. Brand-new truck. And by today's standards, you know, be pretty average. But, by, you know, a small town back then, this was a 1,250-gallon midship pump, pump, which meant, like, the pump wasn't on the the start of the front of the truck. That's kind of the, the indication if you're a firefighter, if the pump is at the, at, the, at the very front of the truck, like, that's a cheap fire truck, okay? <laughs> like, that's a cheap fire truck. So this was a midship. It was built in the middle of and, and, and I remember they brought this truck in that we had ordered and they gave us all hats. Darley was the company. So all these hats, you know, and this is like 20, this is 1989. So they're all fruity by today, but you know, by that standard, it's like, oh, the hat. And it got to be dusk and they turned on the lights, which lit up the ladders on the side of the truck. I mean, and we were all amazed. We're like, holy shit, like this is incredible. And, uh, and ironically, they had a guy named Leonard Booth who had been with the fire department from when they had like had the horses pull the fire trucks, you know, the, the fire apparatus. And, and somehow Leonard gets the honor of backing the fire truck into the department. At that time was a, a building made for two doors that they had retrofitted for three doors was extremely small. He backs this thing in and rips off the steps going oh. into the truck. So immediately the truck then has to go in for repair. Yeah, and those, t- those it, trucks have to be like perfect condition every time. Per, they I, yeah. I, and, and I mean, there was like one inch tolerance. And now they built a new fire department, which is awesome and all this stuff. But back in that day, and, and like all of us, you know, we're kind of watching this. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, like, he's done this for, like, 50 years, and it's probably going to turn out all right, but he's pretty close, but I'm not going to say anything. And there's like, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you know, basically the, this new, and at the time it was 78000 which now is like a $600,000 truck, and they still have it, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that experience. And uh, and this truck was just so, so awesome. And, and by today's standards, you know, it, it's just mundane. But, I mean, it's like yeah, if we look yeah. at this truck back when we had this major fire. And we had this major fire. And, I'll, and, and we're sitting there. And I'm, and I'm young. You know, I'm a young guy at that point. And we have two options. The water tower is running out of water. So we can go down and run hoses to a, a river, which goes through our city, which is about four blocks away. And you'd have to pump water up, which is a hell of a thing to, to draw water out of a river and then to pump it up. Like that takes a lot of energy and you have to station trucks. We also had a brand new pool in town that was donated, indoor pool. 
and they had a, a valve on the outside where you could empty the pool in case there was a fire. So whoever the hell thought of that was really thinking ahead. So we had both these scenarios kind of prepared, like in case we had to keep fighting this fire. Um, but somehow, like, you know, eventually it, it, it went out. But I'll never, for, I'll never forget that. Like as long as I – and one of the things, Sean, I'll never forget is we called the community, the, the neighboring community. So my community is like 1,000 people. The, the neighboring community is like 800 and and we call them for this fire and 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 of course like you know they're like you have to go to to you know whatever city for this fire and they're like holy smokes because they never get calls like that yeah and uh, and we had this long bridge and it was a steel span bridge the like that built from the 30s that had steel up above um and and i remember like just thinking in my mind like are we is is this going to make it like is this going to make it or is this front of this building going to fall and 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 then basically like create this hole or fire on the other side of the block and just basically wipe out the community and uh, i remember watching looking down and you could see the lights bounce off the the metal girders like up above and it seemed like it took forever and and then finally the fire department arrived and their equipment was as piss poor as ours. But eventually, you know, you combine enough piss poor equipment, you get a decent firefighting for and why we didn't make and there was a neighboring community about twenty miles away which had like the actual like ladder trucks and stuff like that. Why we didn't I don't know. But anyway, I remember this vividly. Like this, this weird, like just watching these lights and this this truck these trucks arrive and and, and then you know, we, we fight in, and, and today this stuff would never happen with fire departments and insurance companies. It's so much mutual aid where like, you know, they call 15 fire departments that there's one fire, you know, like a house or something. But, um, and it was basically us, the two of us like fighting this, this fire. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll never forget that as long as I live of just looking down and seeing like these lights bounce off of and it seemed like it took forever, and I didn't remember hearing the sirens. But it, the, but the water was was so so loud. I mean, as 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 it's being pumped. I mean, you wouldn't have heard probably the sirens. But and I remember talking afterwards. We did, we did a debriefing. It was an arson, by the way. We we did a debriefing with the other fire department. They said as they drove along the highway, they could see like the city on fire. Like we're wow. the the city I lived in. I grew in. I grew up in was on a hill. And this was kind of like on part of the hill. So like it looked like horrible. So like we're driving into this thinking, oh, my God, like what are we getting ourselves into? End of days, but, dude. Yeah, it, w- it was days. it was really crazy. Like I don't remember. It was cold. I don't remember the cold. I, I remember we had um, a, a new um, we had a new fire truck that you could go in and kind of warm up in. Which was which they got rid of because basically they they bolted in like bus seats and stuff like that, which was illegal and it wasn't safe. But but I remember like warming up in that and then coming back out and 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 just it just weird weird things from that, you know. I I don't I don't know. Like in, in my memory, it's just it's. But I remember this fear of like this this whole timing. It's like the Wrath of Khan. It's like, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Uh, you know, they've detonated the Genesis project. Are we going to make it? New fire uh, is alive, man. And, and I'm thinking, you know, like any minute this could totally go to hell. And uh, and and it didn't. But it, it, I don't know. It kind of changes you as a young man 
when you're when you're that age, like I don't know if you're ready. I suppose you know, like people go to war. So I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's it, 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 you know that comparison, but but it changes you. I mean, like I I I really I I still don't think to this day like I'm the same after going through that. And maybe that had the whole thing with like dealing with school safety and and stuff like that. Even though school fires are pretty rare in school safety. Do fires are, are scary. I mean, we had those California fires a month or two ago when you saw videos of people driving through these roads on fire and it's like it looks like the end of days, man. It looks like it looks like hell. It's it's scary, man. Fire is this alive force that just dances from one thing to the next, burning it. It's a ballerina of the chaos. It's crazy, man. It's it's so crazy to think about it. it just what it's just heat. It's just heat, and it's burning things and killing things and destroying things. It's crazy, and it spreads. There's, you know, there's no limit to how big a fire can get. Yeah, and and did you hear about the uh, the Hewlett Packard? documents of the original discussions between i don't know tony hewitt and Mm. and donnie packard or whoever the hell their names were but they got burned up in a shed which was outside of one of the buildings the the people Um, did oh the documents no 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 the documents did like the original documents of how to form hewlett packard were not kept in a secure place so in, they were kept uh, basically like in a shed out, you know, and, it's like, and a, here's in a shoebox as fragile on it. <laughs> here's a shoebox. Here's a bank <laughs> box. Here's the lawnmower. Here's the weed whacker. Here's the gasoline. Here's, here's some matches. Gasoline. <laughs> and by, and nobody, and the thing was nobody through this process, like recognize, maybe we should bring those in. We could bring those inside and people are like, yeah, but you know, kind of sucks outside it's like smoky and stuff like that so you know we could we could but and these things are destroyed for forever i mean yeah. if, if you look these up on google it's a, it's the weirdest thing of like why the hell you would store these incredible historical documents like they said they should have been stored equivalent to what apparently the declaration of independence is you know between glass and i don't know i've seen you know, the Nicolas Cage movies and stuff like that. But they're like, it was basically like, yeah, like in a banker's box in the corner of a building. You got to go to uh, a book, look <laughs> at the very last page. It'll give you a clue. It'll say, there's a there's a rose that grows in the green forest. You got to go to the forest and look for that rose. Right. Underneath like, it what? is a key. That key has a little picture on it of a skull. You got to find a, I don't know, what do we find? We go to the graveyard and start looking for right. skulls. I mean, then Hiller Packard's documents would be in there. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it was like, and people knew it, and, and 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 the fire was approaching, so it's like people had time, and they just kept making the judgment call of, yeah, I don't know, the shed's going to be okay. I'm like, the shed you bought from Menards that has, like, the plastic roof on it that <laughs> weed whackers in, I don't know. And yeah, they lost everything. They lost, and now there's this big thing of like you know these these documents of the initial discussions. You know when they they were talking about forming the company. I'm like, well, how the hell did that ever make it out to the shed? I mean, you don't have you don't have room in your building to store this, and the building was fine. Like the building is fine. It's like designed for this, and it. But I mean, like, why would you move these out to the the shed? Like whose decision was that? 
Why ask I why, man? I don't. It made for a better story for us to talk about. I don't know. I'm like, what the hell? It's probably like me. I had my computer crash and I lost everything on it. So I was like, okay, I lost everything because I didn't have a image saved, so I can go back and bring that saved save point. Yeah, I don't. Point. I know what you're talking about. I know and what you're talking about. I fixed it. And I, I and, and I have my computer back up and running, and I'm like, all right, every once in a while, I should make these restore images. And then I would, it always popped my mind, make a restore image, and then I'd just be lazy, like, yeah, I'll risk, like you're saying, like, you know, I'll just, I'll just risk it a little, see how far it goes, you know. And then it's like a year later, I never made any restore points, and then all of a sudden, boom, the some some Windows update crashes my computer. I can't get in there. I'm looking for images to restore. I've got none because I was lazy, and I just, I just said, right. Fuck it. <laughs> right no no exactly i've been there that's i've been man. there oh dude yeah. um i got some questions here so we can i want to hear them we're gonna wrap up i'm ready this, i'm ready this, okay we're gonna wrap up this podcast after we do these questions guys and then i'm gonna do uh david's podcast which uh we'll we'll have more info on that towards the end but but um okay so i got questions for you and this is gonna this is for the safety doc this is um these are medical pro- questions so if anything's too out of the um Anything's too weird, dude, let me know. We'll edit it out. But are you good for you this? Got, you got it. All right. All right, David. You ready, Mr. Uh, David Paradin? I'm ready. Paradin. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. First question. You might know a little bit about this, but uh, let's see. First question is from Brian Tolb Jr. He says, uh, do you think if marijuana is legalized in the USA, would it help the bullying issue? Oh, wow. That's a great, that's a great question. Um... I guess I don't see where it would have a negative effect on the bullying issue. Okay. So I I I would say that 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 would be my response. I'd I'd have to think about it more on what it would do for bullying, but I I don't I've never seen a connection between use of bullying and and er, use of use of marijuana and bullying. I've never seen that connection. So. Um, you know, like where, where if you're using mar- marijuana, yeah, you're the bully then. You're going to bully people. So, <laughs> Don't um, smoke a joint, guys. You'll probably so, bully somebody. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess I, 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 would, I would say on that standpoint, I, I don't see where there is a, a negative uh, connection I've ever seen in research between um, someone who uses uh, marijuana and, and then is more prone to become a bully or – you know, not identify bullying behavior and report it. So, yeah, I'm pretty neutral on that. I think okay. I, I think it's fine. Great question, Brian. And that was a great answer, David. Okay, another question from Brian Tolp. He's the question dude. So, well, I got two here from him. The other one says, do, um, I don't even know how he – does he know you? Like, how does he know you were linked to bullying in any way? Okay, so he says, do you think bullying laws would actually help or just, uh, just make more chaos in the j- justice system? Yeah, well, some communities adopt very rigid bullying policies, and and in those cases, I don't know if it helps. I I I I'm a, I guess I'll be very blunt. I don't think it helps. I, I I don't think it helps because bullying is subjective, and the other part is bullying. When I work with districts who are you know at five hundred, you know five six hundred thousand people in their community versus districts that have two hundred thousand. Um, you know, you have to define 
bullying for That's one. What one, is right? bullying me? Because yeah. people will say, people will claim this. People, bullying's a funnel. People will say like, my child was out at, at recess and they're playing kickball and they didn't get their turn to pitch. Because you yeah. know the other the other kid wanted to pitch. So this is bullying. Well, no, that's that's pure conflict. So you have to kind of define bullying. Oh, like oh, the bartender was a bully. He wouldn't give me another drink last night. I wasn't even that messed up. <laughs> what a bully. Yeah. So so it's this whole thing of terminology, and I really get into that of inter-reader reliability. And I, I've also found in my research um, that a lot of the federal data on bullying, um, and, and harassment, sexual harassment, things like that is all garbage because you can, everybody interprets it differently. And I gave a podcast back in, I don't know, 2015, December, 2015. And I talked about the different States, how I, I don't know, one state like re, had 800 or not 800, had a thousand categories for for ways to report bullying harassment things like that another one had like five you know so so it's like you don't compare apples to apples and and i think that's a that you know that that's a big thing that comes into this so i I don't know bring me back to the original question and 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 then i can kind of come up with a an answer for this Oh, what was the original question? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do you think bullying. bullying laws would actually help or cause more? I, I, I don't think so. I don't. I, okay. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they help. Yeah. We have some around here in the greater Madison area. We do have some communities which say bullying is, you know, a misdemeanor or can be misconduct. Wow. So you know, again, I think it gets into that subjective interpretation of what is yeah, bullying, yeah. and you have to bring it back also to what is being being taught in the school and that's a big part of what i do as a safety expert across the country is i work with schools in defining how you teach what is bullying versus what is not bullying because a lot of things isn't bullying you know like again we talked about the two things at recess sean wants to pitch the ball and kick ball i want to pitch the ball we have an argument is that bullying no that's a pure conflict yeah and 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 stuff like or, or like you know I, I wear my Packers jersey and someone's like, the Packers suck this year. They're horrible. Well, is that bullying? <laughs> well, no, that's not bullying. I mean, that's, you know, it's probably not appropriate. Factual, yes. But, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, that's not bullying. So, yeah, you know, we, yeah. we go through things like that. So, so All yeah. All right, man. We're going to lighten it up a little bit here. Here's a good question. Mr. Scott Clark, host of the Hollywood Outsider and Gaming Outsider podcast, he says... He wants to know, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it, asking for a friend? Okay. Tell me a little more about that. I mean, what do you what what do you mean if you don't use it, you lose it? You know, like if guys don't use it, they lose it. Like a male, like the male genitalia. Oh wow. That's a oh wow. That's I mean it's a great question. It's like Thank I you. don't know. I mean I use it, so I don't Thank you. I wouldn't Thank know. you. I mean, you know, obviously I'm married, you know, so one of the things is, you know, I think the radar shuts down after a while, after you've been married, like you just, you know, you just don't perceive into it. It's what's going into what's going around you. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, you weren't, I, I mean, you weren't yeah. ready for this. Scott Clark, he wasn't ready for this. He was explaining another bullying serious question. Now it's like, oh, wow. Do I, do, I, I don't know. I hope not. Cause. But, but, you know, I, I guess if we, if we take this in bullying, though, like I had a super, I had a super. So one of the things is I think 
here's where I'm going to take this. I think once people start to acquire power that they didn't have before, they 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 can get crazy with that power. I worked with a superintendent, and and you know this this is one of those things where I'll probably get a call from their legal team, you know, saying, "By the way, Dave, never say this again, or or we'll file you know like a, a suit against you or something like that," which does happen when you exit districts. Um, it's really bizarre. Um, but, um, anyway, like I had a superintendent who in a, a closed administrative meeting, you know, was saying like, I will take an ax and I will chop up the benches in front of these schools because they are not, you know, stained appropriately. And our community expects this of us. And if we are going to pass referendums or whatever, I'm like, Whoa, like chill, Chill. It's not kind of like your starting point here as a superintendent, <laughs> like to threaten that you're going to come out with an axe and break up like the the benches in front of buildings and stuff like that. Um, so I guess the the use it if you lose it. I think people who feel they have to exert like this power control, which I've been I've worked under these people. Now he's talking um, about straight. He's talking about just a wiener. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me, I want to answer this. I want to answer this. So tell me more. Help me, help me, help no, me he get. He just wants to know, is it true that if you don't use it, you know, your thing, do you, oh, do you lose it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, uh. I, I don't, I don't think, but here's what I think what happens though. I think, I, I think you totally, <laughs> I, I think you totally lose, the, lose the radar. Like the older <laughs> yeah, 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 you, yeah. you get is, is you lose you lose the radar. Like you, you just don't recognize around you if if someone is interested in you or the other things or whatever. And plus, I think there there becomes this thing too, where like you know, you know, I'm married and I have kids, and you know, we we have you know, we're planning for retirement and things like that, and just things like you know, I you you don't want to jeopardize and 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 things like that, and. Uh, and I don't know. And I, and I get a, I get a, I get a kick sometimes out of like when I teach university classes and, uh, you know, and some of the things that, that people will present about or, or, you know, even the way that they dress and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, there is a sexual market value that you have in your twenties and thirties, which decreases apparently with males, though it increases, you know, hypothetically in your thirties and forties and fifties. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, um, you know, to see you in your high heels and your tight jeans, although you're not really fit and the other things I'm like, you know, what, what are you trying to prove here? So <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, I guess from, from that, that standpoint, um, when I was younger, yeah, I mean, definitely you tuned into those things <laughs> like, like really, really I well, for Luke, I, David, I, I, I see it. I see it. you're like, Oh wow. Okay. We're going to go this way. It's horribly awkward. I, I, no, no, but yeah, I mean, totally, totally there. But I mean, especially, I mean, when you're doing things in safety, and it's always weird because I get, I get emails from people, and and they'll say like, I watched this show you did, or like you were a guest on this show, and like I really relate it to whatever, and it, it kind of crosses into this like boundary of like if you email back and said, Hey, would you like coffee like at this location or whatever? They'd be like, Absolutely. Like I'll yeah. be there, like whatever, and um and I I grade I I'm a university instructor for 15 years, and and I grade papers and this happens from time to time. About three years ago, I had a student and it's the paper started out like this, 
Um, I think I, you know, at night when I'm contemplating this class and I think about you and I watch the videos and your, you know, your dark hair and your things like this and I'm like, well, where the hell is this going? And, and all of this stuff and, you know, and the things you've been through and, and just like how it would be. And I'm like, so immediately in that case, like it was totally, it was freaky. It was, it was, it, and, uh, and I knew this person by, by, by the way. Um, so I, I took it and I forwarded it to the university and said, I don't feel qualified to grade this. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. But yet at the same time, I wanted to respect the person. And so the university, you know, had it, had it graded and, and we kind of just worked out that relationship. But basically this was a person saying, I'm in total love with you. Like, I love watching your podcast. I, I do lectures for every show, every, every, um, university, um, podcasts, not every, every university course I teach, I do a weekly, what I call fireside chat and then identify like people by name. And I'll say like, you know, Sarah did this post on whatever. And, and, um, I do that to be personal, but then people also will state like, this is the first time I've been recognized in five years by anybody. And I think it, 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 you could be the only person recognizing them in a hollow marriage or a hollow career. And suddenly, you know, and they're seeing me on, you know, and granted, like, I'm not ugly, you know, and I'm kind of loose and, you know, as far as personality and stuff like that, when I do these things. And, and, and it's weird because, and then they start to follow you and they follow like everything you do on social media and they, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm like, this person kind of has like a crush on me. So you have to, you, you have to manage that somewhat in the professional arena because yeah, I think people get so starved, especially, you know, if you're in your thirties or forties and, and, you know, I'm coming on the air and, and I'm, and I'm doing the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. Has that happened to you, Sean? Um, uh, not really. I'm, I'm very unprofessional and I don't have a lot of this, but I, I have met possibly somebody that okay. through the podcast. So I'll leave it at that for now. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that for now. Maybe more news coming later, guys. Okay. Maybe. Okay. But yeah. So, so yeah, it gets to be, I've, I've had those awkward situations <laughs> and especially that one paper I wrote, it was a final paper and, and the first page of it was just like, I stay up at night and I think about you and the words that you said and it helps me reflect. Oh, I get it, man. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you know, you're, you're a smart guy, man. You're interesting to listen to. You, you can overwhelm people with the stuff <laughs> you, you say, dude. It gets, it gets in their head. It and, I, their head. and I'm like, holy shit, this is, uh, this, this is this this is this is beyond. I gotta I gotta kick this up into uh, a different level at the administrative level. But then you don't want to upset the person either. Yeah, like I I, I want to respect them and their professionals and and things like that. It it it, it, it just it, it all of, all of that has worked out well. Like I've never had that when I when I worked at um, I worked at Menards like when I was right out of college and I had a, I had a, a, a coworker that stalked me. And she, um, she parked her car next to mine and had a friend park her car, like, a, like a, two inches away from your, your door. So you couldn't get in. What? And I mean, and she was like, so totally. You have to, to go ask her like, Hey, are your cars poked too close? Can I, your car's parked. Can no. you get me out? Yeah. And she was out there and she's like, well, I'll, I'll move my car, but you have to like come to my place. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like I was. It was freaky. And then, I, yeah, I went out. I also went on a date, like when I was in college, and, and this girl, like I dated that I broke up with, stayed in the parking lot and knew when I came home with my other date. 
and immediately came out of the car and confronted me and just yelling and screaming of how could you do this and whatever and whatever and holy smoke. So yeah, I, I've, I've been through, some, <laughs> you, you know, you, you and you I talked about stories. this and it's nothing like Larry Roberts goes through, like the fans he has, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and the stuff. Yeah. That, that but, but yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, freaky, man, let's take this. Here, I got a freaky question. We're going to go somewhere awkward as shit. Are you ready? Yeah. Why is a four-hour rec- erection bad? Hmm. I, is there a bad to that? I, I mean, maybe if like you've done your business and you just stuck with this thing for four hours, like it becomes like a, a monster. Like, go away! <laughs> I think it'd be hard to pee for one. I mean, definitely, you know, that, that's <laughs> you gotta, gonna be in there. <laughs> like, I mean, you're gonna have to lift the lid and position yourself like four feet away so you're not covered in the toilet with piss. You know, I mean, that that right, like you know, come sit on, stomach, a stomach down on the toilet. Come on, so man. You, 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 you gotta angle it all right, you know. So, oh, so that shit. that that's an issue. Are you piss in the bathtub or something like that and resolve the whole issue? But, um. I don't know. I mean, sleeping could be be a problem because I tend, tend tend to turn in my sleep. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't know. I I don't see where that that would be. Uh, I I don't see where that would be a problem. I guess later at night, maybe. I, I think time. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess time, time does, of day. Yeah, I guess time's time. Time of day too. Although, like you know, you yeah, the the long. You don't want to be in church. It would be very uncomfortable. No, no, oh, I no. don't. I, I don't, and, and I went back, you know, I went back to church. I mean, it was when it's like, so I went back to church. Like, so, you know, I, I had a pretty, I had a pretty dicey split from a district where I was a, a very prominent administrator. Like I was at the top of my game. Like I had just done, it was after the Sandy Hook shooting of 2012 and, um, um, and not NBC, um, NPR asked me to do like the, show on school safety. So I record, I, I developed this It was empirically based. I had 35 pages of citations and I record it. It is amazing because they have like a studio audience and, and they tell you where to stand. Like there's certain spots and like, you don't look up at the screen and, and you have stuff in front of you and all the cameras. And, and I wasn't nervous. Like that stuff is pretty easy for me. Like I've never been nervous about that. Um, and it was great. Like afterwards, they said, like, this was spot on and it aired all over the country and Canada it still airs to this day. And you, people can find it, um, which is ironic because at that time, like I was super overweight and I was like, you know, my my doctor was saying you're going to die in 10 years with your cholesterol and stuff. But yet I was like at this career high, which is really weird. Um, so so, you know, so anyway, like I had that I had that going, which was which was really strange. So like, where was I going with this, by the way? Oh, uh, we were. I know we we're talking about four hour boners. So, yeah, four hour boners. Huh? There was no church, four church, hour church. In this, so. I brought so, church. so so church. But but um, but no, you know, but but after that, <laughs> after that, after I left the the whole scene, like I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Like, I don't want to do this. Like I had this paid dissert. I had this paid fellowship, which was really generous. And I got back in the, in the church, uh, which I hadn't. And, and Father Gary, who's phenomenal, you know, we sat down numerous times at his place um, at, at the rectory, I guess, is, is the place. And, uh, you know, and it, it, was a, it was a kind of priest where you can have a beer with and sit down and kick back and just talk about things. So we're talking about things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be like the guy anymore. Like, I don't want to be the guy. 
like I felt like I've achieved all of that. And I don't want to be the guy anymore. So, you know, we, we, we kind of stepped down from that. But I remember going to church and I really liked it for meeting people. But like I didn't know the routine because I'm Catholic and I hadn't gone for years. And when I did go to Catholic church when I was like a teenager, I would go with a group of friends and uh, we would all go to Dairy Queen in the neighboring community. And one of us would stop and pick up the bulletin. And then you'd have to look at who the priest was because the parents would ask two things. Is, oh, here's the bulletin in the back of the church that they would put out. And then like, who was the priest? I'm like, it was a dark haired guy. It was a white haired guy. I don't know, you know, whoever. And then, then you're fine. But um, I went back to, to, to church as a Catholic after 20 years away and they changed the procedure. So like, I didn't know the kneeling versus the standing versus the bowing versus the communion. So I had to relearn all of that. So then like, I'm the awkward guy, you know, like I'm kneeling when everybody else is standing and then you have to pretend like you drop something like, oh, damn it. Like I dropped my thing and then you pick it up and, you know, so it doesn't look obvious. Like, oh shit, I have no idea what the routine is here. And, um, so I'm getting back into the routine of, of church. Um, and, and I did feel like that was a good time. And I worked at, um, we have, we have a church supper that is done every month and I, I haven't participated for, for a while, but for like for two years, every Saturday I was there, like I was cooking, I was baking stuff, I was cleaning stuff. I was like meeting with people. It was really good. Like what I needed to do to kind of just kind of, I don't know, refresh my mind, reground myself and I, I wore the necklace outwards and people would always like want to that would be a discussion starting people thought i was a priest like i could tell people i wasn't a priest they're like yeah you're a priest no don't try to don't try to deny it. you're a priest and one lady actually wanted to pray with me like she was suffering from cancer so you know we we did this pseudo prayer which i'm sure i wasn't certified to do and i'm not sure helped her path to heaven or whatever but um but yeah, I mean, just just this, this crazy stuff you, you you go through, like literally, like I was at the top, the very top of my profession, and I knew every day, Sean, like waking up, like I knew every day I was going to go to hell, like I knew one day this was going to spiral all because I was working like through the night, and all of these things, and and when it did crash, like it it crashed, it it, it was it was the Hindenburg, like it immediately started fire. The frame burned up and it crashed down. I mean, there was no gradual landing. And and then I just moved away from that. And then I kind of did the stuff I like to do now, like the expert witness stuff and and the other types of things. And life is good now. And I don't have to have my phone on 24 hours a day for every single disaster that goes on. But but it was horrible. It was, it yeah. Was, it, it was, I mean, I, I was walking Walmarts, dude, at, at 8 or 10 at night. You know, Wisconsin – well, I don't know. It's probably ever in, in winter gets dark at four. Wow. I go stir crazy because I was used to working and uh, and I'd be walking Walmarts just to, to get some light. And and then at night I started walking and I'd walk like for four or five hours the entire town. And in my mind was just blank. Like I had no idea what I was thinking about. And then I realized like my body just needed to heal itself. My body was so destroyed from being obese and stuff and, and, and things came aligned. And like I said, like tonight, today, like I absolutely love it and things roll off my back and I still have friends in the profession who are like, God, this is ruining my life. And you see these Christmas cards people send you. I'm like, Holy God, like you look like you're 80 years older. Like, you know, they're like, yeah, I've been working like, you know, 75 hours a week and on the weekends and the job sucks and I've been beat up like this. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm glad I'm, it, 
No, I'm not part of that anymore. Yeah, you gotta have a little freedom. Free time, you gotta have some me time or else you're... What are you living life for, just to get by, you know? Yeah, and I love it with my girls. It is funny because my 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 eleven year old will will if I'm working downstairs, she'll call, she'll come down and say, "In five minutes, the food shows on the Food Network," and we just love to like pick out the the little details of like what people are doing wrong, not to criticize, but or or like how the judges are just such asses, and then how they like. They're, you know, they immediately pick out of the 10 people. They're like, here's the five people we like, and here's the five people we hate. So we're going to take digs at them. And my daughter is so astute on this. And we have such a fun time doing that. And, and really, like, yeah, not a lot bothers me any anymore since I've given up that other side of it. Um, and the expert witness stuff is kind of intense because, you know, you, people's lives are in your hands. And, and I'll never forget reading an expert witness report this fall where it stopped. I mean, it was like not, uh, 200 pages. Like I read 17,000 pages of deposition and it stopped. And it said at this per at this time, the police entered the room and indicated this person would be charged with, with homicide. And it was a school case of a counselor and it was a youth that committed suicide. And then it's like, and then it gets in all details. This person collapsed to the floor and they cried, said, Oh no. And whatever. And and I'm like, oh, my God, like, as you go through these things, I mean, it kind of sucks you into this weird reality. But yet, like, you know, I'm, there's only like one of five people in the country that do what I do. Probably one of three. And I was really? asked last week. Yeah, it is. It is a bitch to get certified as an expert witness in 50 states. So I work with a company called the Expert Witness, they, expert witness Institute. And, and what's it's called a Dahlberg challenge. They challenge you. Like, they're like, David's not qualified. Well, I'm like, well, I have a PhD. I have two masters and I've done this stuff. And usually that goes away. Like, I, the challenges don't hold any water. The fact, though, is they'll go after me. They'll say, like, you were on Sean Imes podcast. And this is true. Like, oh, they, no. this pod, this podcast, they'll go through everything that I've done. They'll watch everything that I've done. And then they'll try to use it as credibility uh -oh. to, to, but but the thing is though no no Sean the thing the thing is though the juries are people like you and I and the juries want to see people that are real, so actually by doing the podcast it gives me more credibility with juries than if I didn't do the podcast so flat out we can ask flat can out ask the four hour boner question oh yeah the, the, okay. it is it is a no issue Woo. if anything it qualifies you with the pod with with the with the jury it is it is a plus. Um, so when I started to do the podcast, I'm 59 now and I've greatly increased it. You know, like I had just the, the goofiest setups in the beginning until people really helped me. Like, here's what you need to do for audio and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was just amazing from that standpoint of it's a plus for you as an expert witness to show a side because you have to remember, like, these are millennials who are in the jury and 30-year-olds and people who use social media. And if you can connect to them, that's a plus. Um, it really is a plus and to show that you're human and all. And, and honestly, I don't have anything to lose. <laughs> like, I come in and it's funny because, like, you know, you get these attorneys on the other side and you identify all of the tactics that they use. If they speak slower, you know, if they put the sexy, you know, 25 year old in front of you or whatever. I mean, you identify these tactics. I'm like, so I, I know this stuff and I know the tactics. So I'm like, you're not really going to rattle me. So let's just get on with it. And, and not that it's fun.
um, because these are very serious topics, you know, like student suicide or stuff like that. But like, I, I know, I know what you're throwing at me. And at the same time, in my mind, I'm going to develop a strategy to completely destroy you as the prosecutor. I will rip you to shreds. Um, and, and I don't know. It, it's this, it's this weird, it's this weird. And you get paid like three to $800 an hour, Sean, Damn. to do this. And, uh, and they, and they send you, um, you know, like all these legal documents, like I talked about, like one thing I have in my agreement with, with lawyers is I'm like, you will postal mail these to me through like FedEx. I am not sending my printer through a hundred thousand copies of something you will send. So I have, I have secured files, um, you know, gun cabinets of stuff that have files of cases. And then once they eventually settle, um, you know, then I can dispose of them, which is okay. I have a fireplace. Um, you know, I heat my house with fire. So I just crumple everything up and burn it. But, uh, (laughs) anything else, buddy, like those HP docs. Yeah. Like those (laughs) HP. I'm, still thinking, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the people inside the office and they see the building outside, you know, like, you know, 30 yards away and the fire is approaching and nobody says, why don't we bring in the box that has the original communications between like Donnie Hewitt and Ned Packard? I mean, how the hell that is the thing that the irony that's funny. I man. mean, like these, these things that should have been in the Smithsonian and they're like, you know, the Menard shed that they put out there. Yeah. And that they, that nobody, nope. And this thing is slowly creeping and nobody's like walking out to just bring, bring the box in. I mean, I, oh, dude, how it, does this happen? Just, just let it be, man. It's life. It's life. It happened. Here's a here's a more lighthearted question from Alyssa White, friend, uh, host of the Geek to Geek podcast, kind of yeah. on YouTube. Uh, Alyssa, yes. thanks for the question. She says, "Oh, by the way, the four hour Russian question was from Brandon Lloyd. So big shout out to Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you." Uh, Alyssa cool. White says, "Will having constant butterflies for a person cause permanent damage?" No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think constant butterflies are a fact that you are reflective, you're introspective, you're um, aware of what what would be, I guess, um, your gut feeling, which is a great thing. And people under uh, people underestimate the gut feeling, the value of the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. There was a study, David Klein, in the 80s. Um, the military hired him to recruit a number of uh, college re- of college students. They went to medic. Um, not Michael, fire stations, they went out with firefighters and then they would basically say, like, how are you making decisions? And a lot of it was intuition. But anyway, no, no, no. I, I think that's great. I think that indicates reflection, introspection. Um, go with it. Um, so I guess what we're curious, Alyssa, why is who are, you, who are you talking about? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, Could she be but, talking about me? Is she the thing is your gut reaction? The fact is the gut reaction. This is through the military, too. Um, you know what? What was it? I, I think it was it was it was Meade in um, the Battle of Gettysburg, and and then Lincoln said, "Go pursue, you know, go pursue um, Lee. Like go devastate him." And 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 you know he's he's on the ground. And he's like, "Screw that! Like we we're not ready to do this. Like you know you're over here, or whatever. This is my gut feeling. I'm going with it." 
But no, I gut gut feeling. People try to diminish gut feeling, but if you really go through the deep research, gut feeling you you go with in the in the butterflies and so the, I mean what you're talking about. I think that's a person who's very introspective, who's also reflective, and and who's who's really grounded. And and you hear that, I think is. I think they're going to make a good decision. I, I, I think they're going to make a good decision. I think you're going to make the best decision, Alyssa. Yes, Alyssa. Absolutely. But you know, Absolutely. sometimes we have those gut feelings, though. They're not actual gut feelings. They're more like they're more like the experiences we had, and we add this we add this math in our head, and and then just because we had these bad experiences, we can add this math that this is going to be bad because it's kind of like what I've been through, and then sometimes that gut feeling is totally fake. It's like that's more like a warning. You're warning yourself, but like you get, you know, you get this gut feeling like this is bad. But sometimes you got to let those walls down and go. You know what? This might actually be good. Right, right, and that right. that comes into that makes sense, though, right? Right, right, Sean. There's four steps of discretion, and one is a value system, and I and I talked about that with a major district I, I worked with. But yeah, it's a thing where you yeah you kind of take these past experiences and. And they kind of skew whatever decision you're making, you know, like they, they influence every decision you're making forward, but know what you've said, you know, in that butterflies. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. I think when you lose that, that's horrible. So yeah, the, the yeah. fact that that person has that, I think that, that, that's, I think that's great. That's I sweet, think that's Alyssa. great. Hopefully you're talking about me. <laughs> Or the Larry Roberts podcast. Oh, yeah, Larry Roberts. Yeah, which is off random. the rails. Yeah, I'm Larry Roberts, and you're ready to be larger than life. And by the way, I'm going to start this thing out at a volume which is going to be at like minus four LUF, and you know what the standard is minus sixteen. Like Larry starts his podcast really loud. Yeah. So like you're driving down the. I, I have my podcast ready for the week. I'm driving down, and Larry start, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, like, I right, 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 drive yeah. it right off, right off into the side rail, and then big I kind of level it out. Yeah, big shout out to Larry, good dude. <laughs> um, he is a, he's a good dude. Okay, so uh, Alyssa, Alyssa also asked a more daring question. I told her to be brave. It's okay. You ready for this one, David? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, why are men grossed out by a woman even mentioning her period? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a. It's, I guess. I guess the question here is, do you know this person or not? Close, because if it's like a wife, girlfriend, it's like it's like you you don't you don't mind whatever say whatever you want. But if it's like your mom or your grandma or an aunt or like your friend's mom, you definitely don't want to hear it, right? I don't want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> but but to me, it wouldn't be gross. It'd just be like, why did you say that? I wouldn't be like, ugh, gross. But it would be right. kind of like, why did you mention that to me? Like, right. hey guys, dinner's ready and I'm on my period. <laughs> Right. Yeah. In the, in those situations, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to know that, that situation, you know, it, it at all, you know? Um, yeah. It's like a friend of mine, I gave her right home. He's like, by the way, I've got shingles on my neck. So you might want to wipe down the, the, your car seats. I have leather, leather car seats. I'm like, uh, okay, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. It, it, honestly, it doesn't fa- it doesn't phase me. Now, it's not something discussed in our house, although, like, I have two daughters and, of course, a wife. Um, so it's nothing discussed. And thankfully, we're having our second reno- our second bathroom totally renovated and gutted. So so we do have this kind of separation of, of, of bathrooms, you know, for personal needs and stuff like that. But 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would have freaked, I guess as a 20 year old <laughs> or 25 year old, it would have freaked me out. That's a heavy question um, there. It doesn't, but as a, as a 46 year old, like I don't really, I don't really, it, it doesn't, it doesn't throw me at, at all. Like it doesn't, it doesn't throw me at all. Now, like, you know, like the thing though, like this movement of, um, what was it? Like, uh, some lady ran a marathon during your period and stuff nah, like that, that. And, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, was, and then I'm just thinking, I don't know. Then to me, it's, I don't know. It's like a hygiene type thing. You know, if, if you're, then I, then I, I don't know. Then I'm like, <laughs> if I, you guys I, can only I, see I, David's face right now. It's like this kind of <laughs> like, I just shit my own pants and I'm starting to smell it. Yeah. Look, it's like kind of stinks, you know. I need to. I need to get up and wipe my butt. This is, this is all bad, guys. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Alyssa, you yeah. don't know what you did to this guy. I, I, I don't, I don't know. But honestly, I think the older you get, though, the less it it, it phases you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, the 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 less, and and it is natural, and you know, and in and stuff like that, and and of course, like having having daughters and 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 things like that, you know, like you know. We have those certain drawers and, you know, we renovated our bathroom this summer because it was original to the house and had no storage. So, you know, they have their storage areas, but, you know, they have the, you know, you know your feminine, feminine projects and they're not projects, but products and stuff like that. And, you know, so it's like, you know, it's respected and whatever, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Um, uh, you guys, need, I wish it, you could it, see his face right now. I'm yeah. I'm going to have to clip yeah. this video out and put it on because you're just like. <sighs> Alyssa, how rude! How <laughs> no, rude. no, I, 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 I think it's a good, um, I, I think it's a, I think, I think it's a good, a good question. But you know, it comes, it comes into a weird thing though. I, I mean, no one will ever go over this, Sean. But it's like, how does safety interact with, you know, if you're female and and you know like during a period or something like that, how does safety interact with that? How does it impact your thinking and how does it impact, mm. which no one will ever, ever touch. I mean, there are certain things in safety, which are completely taboo, which no one will ever touch and stuff like that. Mm. But it's like, um, you know, like here's a quick, here's a question. And I mean, and this actually came up in a, I, I never revealed this, but this came up in a study, a girl, it was a, um, Oh, a bomb threat. And a girl left and she went to get her backpack from her, locker and the teacher was like there's a no backpack policy and whatever you can't take it with you and whatever and they were going back and forth and finally she just said it's my period like i need my backpack and the teacher let her go and then they and then they threw it back to me like well what would you do i'm like well let her take her backpack i mean well you know it's her and what i mean well you're gonna fight this out i mean this is i mean there are certain common sense things that take place here you know like but of course, you know, as a male in the room, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to respond to this. Uh, I mean, no, we, get, we just dance around it and point to somebody else who can yeah. answer the question. Ask I that mean, person. Do you want to talk about, yeah, at the time at Yosemite when I took a piss off the side of the trail? I mean, I don't know, you know. What happened? Anything happen? Cool story? No, nothing happened and I oh, felt better. That sucks. Although, like, I was shamed by my wife of you shouldn't have done that. Like, this oh, is a man. national park and i'm like i'm sure coyote urine is all over the place dude i work graveyard i pressure wash sidewalks i'm out all night 10 hour shifts ip in all kinds of places 
because I have to. What am I supposed to do? Urinate or go look for a gas station? Not gonna happen, <laughs> right. guys. Like I can't, not gonna happen. I'm at some some places for four right. hours, five hours at one spot. I can't, I can't just leave. I mean, yeah. And I, you talk about gas. Like I have a I have a gallon of gas right now that has gone bad. It's all pissed, guys. So you just pee. I can't use thing. it in my lawnmower. So like I've told my wife, I'm like, it's really dinosaur piss. I mean, if we really break it down. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm sure there's a container you could pour this in and take it to your your city, your 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 state re- county recycling. I don't know, but I'm trying to figure out how the hell to get rid of this gallon of gas without being overtly without burning it, huh? You just throw it in a, in a in a throw it in something that doesn't like a barbecue pit and just burn it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'm thinking. Or like we have a pretty long driveway and the cracks get the weeds. So I'm thinking maybe I can just pour them down all of the cracks. And and this will diminish. But my wife is like, well, you can't have that because like all the sewer systems are marked with. It's uh, not even that. It also breaks up the concrete. It'll it'll ruin your driveway. It does? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Maybe it takes a lot. But, you know, like, um, yeah, they, 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 I know in my work they were telling me not to spill the gas when you're filling up the containers because it breaks the concrete up. and uh, it, it might not do it for doing it once. might be fine. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like constant. Right. Constant. Like, uh, who knows? I mean, certain. I mean, you go to gas stations, it gets spilled all the time. And that, that, <laughs> it, doesn't look, it doesn't look all, all, all messed up. So maybe not. I could be wrong. <laughs> That's the thing, too. I mean, I'm like at gas stations. I'm filling up, you know, like my Buick LaCrosse. And my God, you know, like a quarter gallon spills out, you know, from the side of it. You know, it's just the goofiest thing. But, yes, I don't know. Like, I've got this, this sense of dilemma. Like, I know the right thing to do. I also know the other things I could certainly do <laughs> to get rid of this g- gallon of gas. So, yeah, it's 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 this debate. So, yeah, the, the safety doc. Yeah, that's where the police pull you over. What are you doing with the, the gallon, you know, the container of <laughs> <Yeah>. gas? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I like, you know, like I got a shoulder I'm trying to recover. So like a little weight here on one side. You didn't pour that out, did you? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no, officer. You know the I price of gas? That. I'm not going to waste it. Come on. Price of gas? You got to be kid, buddy. All right, I, got, I got one last question from Josh yeah. Faulkner, also the host of The Gaming Outsider along with Scott Clark. But he says, this is a very serious question. Are you ready, David? Oh, yeah. He says... Is this discolored spot on my left butt cheek cancerous? So, I, go go to your, I wouldn't say um, dermatologist, all right? Go to your, go to your regular, uh, yeah, what, uh, doctor. Butt doctor, and, and, your butt yeah, doctor. Yeah, and have them, and them take a look because they'll, they'll typically tell you. Because I went to the dermatologist for something like that. It was like 800 bucks. Well, my doctor was, it was just part of the exam. And she's like, no, that's fine. <laughs> it wasn't a butt cheek thing, but it was whatever, like on a shoulder or something. Like, you're like, she's like, that's fine. That's fine. So, so yeah, but I went to a dermatologist for something. Yeah, like um, like a little discoloration. You know, like George on Seinfeld. Yeah, and, and she's like, yeah, it's nothing. And I get a bill for like $800. I'm like, what the hell? And butt cheek, come on, you're not, you're uh, not. I mean, that's not exposed to sun. Well, what I always thought was common knowledge is, if a discolored spot on your body is bigger than your your forehead, then you see a doctor. So put yeah. your forehead down there, Josh. Just put your <laughs> forehead right next to that spot. If you're right. if it's bigger than your forehead, see a doctor immediately. 
I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the forehead <laughs> standard is pretty is is pretty good. It goes back to like you know the 30s and uh, and yeah, I, I would definitely say you have a, a spot <laughs> bigger than your your forehead. Yeah, when I, when I was growing, I was growing up. I was like five or six, and I had I had this huge um, this 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 discoloration or or I don't know mole taken off my butt when I was like five or six, and uh, and it's it, it was big. I mean, you know, probably like three inches by four inches, and there's a huge scar to this day. So I mean, the story, of course, I tell is like I was shot by a bow and arrow, like out hunting. Well, people are like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. You know, whatever versus you know whatever. Um, but I remember being like, like this kid, and they showed me. And it was all under anesthetic, but I I was awake, and then they showed me mirrors, and I'm still like not wondering why I was like five or six years old watching people like, you know, cut my ass and and sew it up and things. Like, I and I got a Ferdinand the Bull. Um, stuffed toy out of it, which which to me was awesome. And then all of a sudden disappeared. Like I don't know, my parents probably thought I was too old and took it or something. But yeah, yeah, it's the devil. Those bulls and the, those horns are the, the devil. devil. But people are like, what, what what is this mark on your ass? Like I shot by an arrow. I mean, it's a hell of a thing. That's a hell, hell of a story. Thing. Like you don't want to go through that. Like if if I kind of want to go, go through, through that. I don't want to go through the story with you because, like, I'm going to have to create it from scratch. But I will, and it'll be amazing. I want to get but. shot in the butt with an arrow, just like <laughs> some symp- sympathy, like you know, likes. You know, I want to post it on Facebook so I can get some sympathy likes. But you guys I, really I, care I, about me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna wrap this up. Um, uh, are we still gonna do your podcast? Yeah. Okay. I, cool. I'd love to do it if you're up for it. Yeah, I'm up for let it. Me, up let for me. It. Uh, let me uh, visit, uh, yeah, our, our our only working bathroom upstairs. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to do that, too. But we come if, back to before it. Before you do that, uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to get to the wrap-up show. We're going to do the plugs. We're going to hear about David's where to find him, and then we'll be done. Yeah, Sean, I appreciate that. First, I... I wait, hold, I, hold, David. Hold on. Oh, wait, what do you want to say? Is it? Wait, hold on. Wait, what are you going to... Wait, hold on. What were you going to say? What? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Let's get to the wrap up show. Dun 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 Yo Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? I don't know, man. Wrap it up, son! So so yeah, so I'm available. Um the best way is um safetyphd.com. Safetyphd.com you can find me on Podbean. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. So everything I do is on YouTube. So you can see me if you want to watch. You know, some people like that. Otherwise, you can get on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Um, and I do a blog post, uh, which also links out some research articles. Now, one of the things I do is, like, I get away from the rhetoric. So if you want to learn about school safety, uh, community safety, or especially about, like, your kids and going on field trips and safety and stuff, Follow me because I'm going to tell you stuff that nobody else is going to tell you. So please, safetyphd.com. And I appreciate follows on Twitter at safetyphd. I was thrilled back in March. Uh, we were at Disney and I hit my 300 follower on Twitter. And then, um, you know, now we're up around like 1650, but we haven't seen nice. the client much from there. So I'm hoping, you know, maybe some people in your show, if they're interested, and it is quality, you know, like I, I, I produce things that are going to help you in purpose and agency 
helping you stay safe, helping your family stay safe. And, and uh, I, I think nothing, you know, nothing boring. You know, like I'm a pretty fun guy and, and you're going to enjoy the shows are typically about an hour long. Yeah, At, David is a uh, safety He's safety a fun safety. guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to do that. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I talked over you. You said at? At safetyphd.com on Twitter or www.safetyphd.com. Now, who the hell doesn't know the www? This time, I don't know. But safetyphd.com, it is a a, a site you can get into my Podbean and whatever. And I do a very, you know, succinct uh, but to the point blog post. And it's it's a thing where if you read it, like it's going to make you smarter, okay? Not that you're not smart people, but I mean, it's it, it's going to be like, oh, I didn't know that like video gaming addiction is now identified by the World Health Organization oh, and also by um, too close to home, dude. ICD nine codes and stuff like that, and what that might mean for me. So, so I tell people all of these things, you know, of, of here's what here's what's happening. I'll tell you all so, about video game addiction, and it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this is you know that was one of my my latest shows. I, I just got into just as an awareness, and I try not to to take positionality, saying like this is right, this is wrong. I just want people to be like aware of like here's what's going on. I'll tell you, it's right, and I got it. Okay, that's not a joke, guys. If you guys want to hear some intelligent talking and to- and topics and subjects, then you go to David's podcast, The Safety Doc. But if you want to say dumb, you stay here and listen to me. <laughs> But sometimes I have interesting people who are a lot smarter, like David here. David come on with some smart stuff, and he teaches us all something. A little something-something about some smart stuff. David, this has been awesome. It has. I, 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 I've I absolutely loved it. And, and Sean, I love your your work, and uh, keep doing what, you, what you're doing, man. Uh, I'll leave with this, Sean. One thing about right. you that you, you said in an interview with Larry Roberts on oh. the Readily Random podcast, okay. and this sticks, sticks to me with this day, is is you talked about um, earlier in your your life a uh, drug addiction and I'm, I'm in it i'm i hope this is okay that we talk about yeah, this absolutely but but you talked about how your um the drug addiction got so overwhelming that you know there would be things in your family's home that you know you might you might look at and say i can get so much money for this and and you know redeem it then for a purchase of of absolutely. you know drugs yeah that's how drugs works yeah and and then but something you came back with which i'll never forget and, and just sticks with me is the how how much it meant to you when your parents invited you back to their home and they trust they they trusted you and and i'm like oh my god i'm like that is that is it moved me man you know like i go running at night but i'm like that is that is so cool i felt so great for you in that moment and uh and yeah i and, and this is something that so many people and i work with kids in school districts and things like that but but that is that whole thing of you know when you when that when that trust is broken and and when the trust is restored, just how valuable that is. And I admire that so much. And and Sean, your work, um, as I told Larry, like I'm a big fan. I've waited for this 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 podcast for a long time. Awesome, man. Thank you. You are an incredible person. Um, uh, you know, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you. Well, let that let that be the the moral of today's podcast is that there is. There is light that can come from any dark situation. You know, you just got to work at it. It's never too late to switch things and change things. No matter how much you think it's unfixable, it could still be fixed. You just got to work at it and and you got to earn it. 
You're not going to give back what you don't put in. You got to earn your your spot of lightness, and once you get it, you got to hold on to it because it can easily just go away. And it's going to be it's going to take five times the work to get it back if you lose it again. But you could do it even after even if you get to that point, you can still do it. It just takes more work, but you can still do it. Let that be the moral of today's story. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Okay, you guys can find me on um. Uh, now I'm lost. You guys can find me on Twitter as well at awkward underscore podcast. You can find me. My personal account on Twitter is uh, they call me Imes at they call me Imes. If you guys want to game, play some video games, and be addicts in this whole gaming addiction thing, yeah, we can be addicts together. They call me Imes is my gamer handle. You can find me on the Hush Your Face Network, hushyourface.com. Shoot over there, listen to some more other cool podcasts. You can hear me on RadioVegas.rocks every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, drop me a voicemail if you want, 510-600-3475. Drop me an email, horriblyawkwardpodcast at gmail.com. We hit the end. David, yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah. And again, a complete pleasure to be uh, on you on the show. I've anticipated this for months. And wow. And, and you know me. what? You and I both took the high road and we spared the uh, story of Larry Roberts and his family vacation oh, to Niagara Larry, Falls. I'm, I'm definitely getting Larry back on. We're going to hear about <laughs> his. Yeah. Larry, if you're listening to this, dude, I'm going to be hitting you up soon. I want to know. I want to leave me. Just leave me a voicemail. Of, hey, leave me a voicemail. <laughs> I would love to hear the story. The voicemail number is 510-600-3475. Okay. The only thing I got from him was Dave. Um, in an, in an urgent text, uh, do you know a place that sells slacks, uh, in the proximity <laughs> of, uh, Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, urgent, uh, please respond ASAP, your friend, Larry, again, urgent, please respond. <laughs> Larry, Larry's <laughs> the man. Uh, this has been fun, dude. It has. As Gidget would say. Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M. To the Americans in the house, so drop your listen. Poor with glee, backward cock flies. Merrily sock, bird telecast. Destiny doctor downcast. Callously squandered lamb. Heavenly slaughtered broadcast. It's the horribly awkward podcast. Oh my god. I don't know. It's just crazy. All right. We're ready, buddy. Well, oh, wait, are we? Whenever, whenever you're ready, you let me know. I do, I do my chant before every podcast. Fine. Let me speak the voice of an angel. You have to repeat after me, David. Let me speak, speak the voice of the angels of the angels. I thought it was ninja. All right, let's get of the angels. Okay, right? Oh, yeah, that's a horribly awkward show. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,